Hey guys, it's Tim, and this is Pro Wrestling Unlimited. As it's Friday, and while we're here with the wrestling wrap up, a handful of news brought to you in one easy to watch video. And there is a smudge on my glasses that I didn't notice until I actually looked up. Let me wipe that off really fast. Got a little bit of something we're going to try new starting next week. So, we always talk all these news stories, right? We're going to talk about CM Punk, Ace Steel, AEW. We're going to talk about Drew McIntyre. We're going to talk about people not being assigned to different rosters in WWE. Paige wants a non-PG sequel to Fighting With My Family. And I want to get a little bit more... What's the word I'm looking for? Involvement from you guys, the fans. So what we're going to be doing is I am going to provide a link as far as where you guys can go to like a Google document, a Google, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? A um, Google form, I guess you could say, and submit questions for the show. We ask that you keep them topical as far as like the latest news and stuff, but it doesn't have to be. But here's the, here's the plan. So say we're talking CM Punk and Ace Steel. If you guys or somebody or whoever submits a question about CM Punk and Ace Steel, well, we'll read whatever news story is out about that. I'll elaborate a little bit, and then I'll read your question about that. Insert it into that part of the show, the wrestling wrap-up, and go from there. If you guys submit questions about something I don't have on the lineup, then I'll add one or two of those at the end of the show and like a... Uh, different kind of mailbag segment like a random grab bag mailbag segment so i will get it all that i didn't have enough time to get that set up for today but i will get that all set up today this afternoon i'll start posting the links over the weekend for that for you guys to submit your questions and stuff and then go from there so that way maybe on monday even if we only get a couple one two whatever I think this should be really fun and a cool way for you guys to get involved with the show as far as asking questions, sending them in, and so forth. And I'm not going to put that behind a paywall or none of that. You'll just have to do it through the link in the Google form. I just need your name, your handle if you want to be shouted out for your social media, and then your question. So hopefully that goes over well with you guys. Again, I will get all that set up this afternoon. I'll start posting the links multiple times all weekend and go from there. But as far as what we do have today, like I said, we're going to talk about the latest stuff. We do know with CM Punk, Ace Steel, and AEW. Apparently, there's already plans for who's going to challenge MJF next. Page wants a non-PG and darker sequel to Fighting With My Family. We got an update on Drew McIntyre. Bad Bunny said he was hurt or hurting going into uh, Backlash and the big street fight there. We've got our bi-weekly update of the Best of the Super Juniors. We got updates from Knight's. Four, five, and six, plus the updated, um, what's the word I'm looking for? The updated standings, standings, standings on who is leading that as well. Because remember, every Friday and Monday on this show, we bring you your Super Juniors update. But with that, I'll say thank you if you are watching, whether that's live or later, because you can do both. You can watch live on Twitch, you can watch live or later on YouTube, and you can listen later on podcast services all around the globe like Stitcher, Spotify, Google Pod, Apple Pod, Anchor, iHeartRadio, and so much more. I do want to say I'm sorry if you guys are trying to listen on podcast platforms this week to a few of the other, the shows we did, because some of them, just for some reason, I was having an issue with Anchor where it wouldn't upload. And I think that may have been the, there was. I know there was at least one 
that just would not upload this week for some reason. I don't know why. Um, let me see if I can double check on that. Yeah, it was the raw preview or review. We got the Monday wrap up and the Wednesday dynamite review up on podcast platforms, but for some reason. The Raw and last week's SmackDown review just would not upload onto Anchor, and I don't know why. Maybe the file got messed up before I uploaded it. Not really sure, but yeah. But remember, if you are watching live on Twitch, you can help us out a couple of different ways. You can help us out by hitting that donate button down below. Oh, hold on, hold on. This is a brand new WWE shirt, and I just realized I still got the WWE sticker right here, and it's like glaring with the light. So hold on. Let me pull that off so I don't, yeah, hurt anybody's eyes, because I just got... The Barack Lesnar shirt he wore when he beat up Cody Rhodes. You can get this right now at www.shop.com. Not sponsored, could be. Should be, would be. Actually working on something with that. But regardless, you can watch and support us on Twitch. Twitch.tv forward slash Unlimited. Whether that is by hitting that donate button down below or by donating Twitch bits in the live chat. Remember, you can subscribe to the channel one of two different ways. You can either subscribe with a tiered subscription or you can subscribe with Amazon Prime because remember, if you have Amazon Prime, then you have Prime Gaming. Prime Gaming gives you a lot of cool things like free games, free stuff for games, and you always get one free subscription to any Twitch channel you want to subscribe to throughout the month. And I'd greatly appreciate it if you did right here. Pro Wrestling Unlimited. Thank you, Fonzie, for that one. I recorded a podcast with the Bullet Cast guys the other day and turned the ticker off on my camera stuff. So thank you for reminding me, Fonzie. There we go. Go over. Support us on Twitch. Go over to YouTube. Hit the join button. Become a channel member. And also head over to the Epic Game Store. Head over to the Epic Game Store. My buttons want to work. And buy something. Whether you're buying the brand new Star Wars Jedi Survivor. The brand new that just came out today. Lego 2K Drive that AGN gave an 8. Trying to cash, uh, cash in on the free games like Death Stranding, which is free right now. Or you're getting bucks for Rocket League, Fortnite, or Fall Guys. Use this code right here. PWUnlimited at checkout and you will be supporting us at no extra cost. Again, use code P-W-U-N-L-I-M-I-T-E-D at checkout. And you'll be supporting us at no extra cost. Also, one final thing. I'm going to put the link in the um, live chat. But I was a guest on this week's Bullet Cast podcast with Phil and Brandon. And so I would greatly appreciate it if you guys go check that out. I think I'll be appearing on Bullet Cast again next week. So the link is in the live chat and I'll put it in the description later as well if you do want to go check that out as far as our new stories do go give me one last second i just got a message of something i might might need to add to the rundown mm, no okay we're good we're good we're good as far as the news does go, first news story we do have to talk about has to do with, well, what the hell's going on with CM Punk? Why is Ace Steel involved in everything? 
pertaining to collusion, collusion, collision. And is Punk actually going to be on that show? Dave Mor- Dave, Dave Meltzer has a big update on this in this week's Wrestling Observer uh, newsletter that was put up on FRW Online. As Ian Carey writes the following. Our own Dave Meltzer has addressed the latest developments in the situation involving CM Punk, A Steel, and AEW Collision. Punk was, original, Punk was originally the focal point of Wednesday's announcement of the new show. On Tuesday, however, Warner Brothers Discovery was asked to remove him from all graphics and the press release. His image was replaced on the poster with one of MJF, and his name was not mentioned along other returning superstars such as Miro, Thunder Rosa, and Andrade El Idolo. Meltzer wrote in today's Wrestling Observer newsletter that Punk and Steel were both under the impression that Steel would return to AEW as a producer for Collision. This was a tightly guarded secret, and sources within AEW even denied Steel had been rehired, but Meltzer did write the following. Steel, who was the only person fired after the brawl out after the brawl after all out last year for allegedly hitting Nick Jackson hard with a chair in the head and biting Kenny Omega, was apparently one of Punk's requests or demands to return. Steele and Punk were under the impression he would be back in his old role as a producer. Now, a conflict then arose when Khan told Punk that Steele would be rehired, but would work remotely and help with creative instead of being at the show's backstage in person. Meltzer continued by writing the following. The story is that Tony Khan told Punk that Steele could have his job and work closely with Punk, but that he would have to work remotely and not be brought to the collision tapings. Everything fell apart after that. Now, after, uh, and after that, AEW then asked Warner Brothers Discovery to scrub any mention of Punk from promotional materials. Warner Brothers Discovery is under the impression that the situation will likely be resolved by next week. Mike Johnson of PW Insider was the first to report that Steele's involvement with AEW Collision was the conflict preventing Punk from being announced as part of the show this week. This week, Nick Hausman of Hauser Wrestling also reported that Steele was hired, rehired months ago by AEW, although he had not been backstage. Meltzer wrote even more, stating, quote, I don't believe anyone past Punk and whatever he may have told or whoever he may have told knew about Ace Steele, Chris Guy's return until a few found out about a week ago. It also should be noted that while we had heard talks about a Steele deal, to return as a producer for Collision from multiple sources, we had also been told from the top in checking that we were told it was not true. Further details regarding Punk, Steel, and AEW Collision are available in the Wrestling Observer Newsletter, but Tony Khan did announce on AEW Dynamite this week that he will reveal where the debut edition of Collision will be taking place next week. Originally, it was expected to be taking place in the United Center in Chicago, but now the feeling is... Well, if they don't have Punk, they may not do the United Center. And they want to get all this straightened out within the next week so then they can announce exactly 1A, where that show's going to be so they can put tickets on sale, and B, if Punk's going to actually be involved or not. So yeah, a lot going on here. And it all has to do with, well, Punk not getting what he wanted. And so now being like, I don't get what I want, I ain't going to give you nothing. Basically. You ain't going to... You ain't going to work with me and give me who the guy that I want to work with? Well, then, uh, screw you, pity party for me. But it sounds like. That's what it really all boils down to and sounds like for me. 
Punk didn't get his way, so now he's throwing a fit. Now he's throwing jabs and shit at other people, like Brian Alvarez, who didn't say anything bad about Punk. Punk's like, oh, I'm making up story. Brian didn't make nothing up. Brian didn't make nothing up. I listened to everything Brian said, and Brian didn't make anything up, Al, regarding CM Punk. He said what was already put out there by other people. And this was all before the Ace Steel story. So Brian said he didn't even know about the Ace Steel stuff when he was on the air on Wednesday on Wrestling Observer Live. And so he didn't mention Ace Steel because he didn't know about the Ace Steel stuff. And then a couple hours later, like PW Insider and others started talking about Ace Steel. So just saying. Now, in keeping with all elite wrestling, we know that at Double or Nothing, Maxwell Jacob Friedman will be defending the AEW World Championship in a four-way. But it looks like there was a segment originally hinted or hinting at MJF's next challenger on Dynamite. This also does come from Ian Carey of the Wrestling Observer website, F4W Online, as Ian writes the following. A segment on Wednesday's Dynamite this week was originally going to drop a hint about MJF's next title program. Brene Paquette attempted to interview MJF backstage on Wednesday's show, but the world champion slapped the microphone out of her hands. The segment was not what was originally scheduled. The original plan for an in-ring promo segment with MJF and his opponents at Double or Nothing, and also Britt Baker, who has been referred to as a pillar of AEW, similar to AEW Jungle Boy, Sammy Guevara, and Darby Allin, was set. Baker was supposed to hint that even if MJF retains the title at the pay-per-view, Adam Cole could be waiting for him next. The change of plans was addressed in this week's Wrestling Observer Newsletter with Dave Meltzer writing the following. The segment where MJF slapped the mic out of Renee Piquet's hands was not the original plan. There was a promo segment involving everybody in the match and Britt Baker was to be involved. It ended with, it was, it ended with Baker saying that even if he wins, he's not going to hold the title long, baby. The idea is that Adam Cole could get the next big title chase against whoever comes out the champion at double or nothing. But there was something about it that was deemed not good. And instead of doing it again, they changed to what they did. Now, I don't understand what Meltzer's saying there. There was something about it that was deemed not good, so they changed and did something different. Does that mean that they cut an in-ring promo with MJF? Dar- they, did, did, did they film this ahead of time and didn't like it? I don't understand that. Because if this is a backstage promo, okay, I could see doing that backstage, and there we go. But if this was supposed to be done in the ring... Wouldn't they have just done it live? So maybe there was a run-through and the way it was written, they didn't like it and they didn't have time to change. I don't know. This is very interesting. This is very weird. This is very odd the way Meltzer wrote that. Again, there was something about it that was deemed not good. And instead of doing it again, they changed to what they did. So it seems like they were going to pre-tape this with no crowd if they were in the ring. Maybe there was a backstage sit-down site. I don't know. But they changed it and MJF ended up doing diddly squat on the show. Meltzer continues to speculate that a possible reason for the change is AEW wanting fans to think MJF retaining on the pay-per-view is a certainty. As of the writing, he is currently a minus 5,000 favorite to win, and few fans seem to think that any of the other pillars even have a chance against MJF. But yeah, very interesting. Not sure exactly 
why things were changed. And I don't think they needed to change this. I think what they should do, if this is the route they want to go, have MJF retain the belt, come out that next dynamite and go, I beat all the pillars. And then Britt Baker can come out and go, so yeah, you beat all those other guy pillars, but I'm a pillar too. Yes, I'm not going to fight you, but I have somebody that wants to fight you on my behalf, baby. And then they bring out Adam Cole as like representing Britt Baker, who says she's a pillar, who says she's done so much for this company. And then she can maybe, maybe, maybe she takes the credit for bringing Adam Cole to AEW. Just saying. Just a thought. But yeah, Adam Cole and MJF could be a really good program going forward. And maybe that's the big match at all in as far as the big MJF title match. We know that we got to get to Forbidden Door first. So there's a long gap there between uh, double or nothing and all in. Does MJF defend the title at Forbidden Door against somebody from New Japan? We don't know. So I like this, though. I like a potential MJF Adam Cole story feud for the title. I know Adam Cole's current program is with Chris Jericho. And it's expected for him to face Jericho at double or nothing. So if that's the plan there and then Cole goes into a title program, Cole should be beating Jericho, in my opinion. Now, speaking of Forbidden Door, it looked like somebody was going to be coming through the Forbidden Door this week on Dynamite, but then got sick and had to be pulled from the show. Um, According to a new report from Fightful, they do state that uh, Kyle Fletcher was originally scheduled to be on this week's AEW Dynamite on May 17th. He was set to be at the tapings, but had to be pulled after coming down with some sort of an illness. Fletcher and Mark Davis, also known as Aussie Open, are the current IWGP Tag Team Champions as they won those titles back at Sakura Genesis on April 8th. We had seen the week before uh, Kyle Fletcher attack MJF, seemingly wanting to go after the International Championship. Then he was just not on the show this week, and we're very confused by that, but now we do know he was not on the show because of an illness, so he wasn't able to be there. And our last, I guess you can kind of say, AEW-related story because it has to do with Soraya. Soraya actually talked about what she would like if they were to do a sequel with Fighting With My Family. Uh, Soraya's life after her Divas Championship run is worthy of a sequel, she says. While speaking with the Corner Podcast, Soraya talked about the likelihood of a sequel to the film, Fighting With My Family, that was all based on her starting wrestling, her becoming popular in the UK, getting a tryout to WWE, making it to WWE, and becoming the Divas Champion after WrestleMania 30. Soraya made it clear that she wants the the sequel to be dark and non-PG, as her life was exactly like that at the time. Soraya stated the following. We need another one fighting with my family. I need, it needs to not just be PG. It needs to go up a level because the stuff that we went through, you know, yeah, it gets weird. It gets very weird. So I feel like it could not be PG. It needs to be up a level. If it had to be about me, I would definitely want it to be the darker version. The part two of what happened after I won the Divas Championship and then the rock bottom and all that kind of stuff. We do know that, you know, it was Divas Champion. 
pressure got to her a little bit being the top female in the company or whatever as the champion. She then ended up having a number of bad relationships, the most notable one with Alberto Del Rio. She had a drug problem at one point, then the neck surgery, and then her trying to come back from the neck surgery and then getting hurt again. So, yeah, I can see this being like, I wouldn't say dark as far as like horror, scary, that kind of dark. That's not what she meant. But dark as far as like, yeah, they go into like depression stuff and the drug stuff and the sex tape stuff getting leaked maybe as well. So there is an interesting story here to tell, I will say for sure, if they want to continue it. And I'm all for it, especially if it's the exact same people writing and producing and directing. Because I thought the first movie was great, but WWE did put some conditions on it that made it to where they couldn't do everything they may have wanted, according to Stephen Merchant, who directed the story. And so with WWE no longer involved, maybe, well, I could do a little bit more and say a little bit more and be a little bit better, in my opinion. Because I always liked fighting with my family. It's just Stephen Merchant has come out who directed the film. I think he wrote it as well. Hold on. Who said that they were a little... What's the word I'm looking for? Oh, um... Restricted on some of the things... Yeah, Stephen Merchant also wrote it. On some of the things they wanted to say and do because it was related and closely worked on with WWE and their production company. Because if you, if you think about it, the movie was produced by MGM, Film 4, who did the original documentary, and Seven Bucks Promotions, and WWE Studios. Which, is WWE Studios even a thing anymore? No. WWE Studios. Wait, maybe they are. Hold on. When's the last WWE Studios movie? Oh, they do have some stuff. Okay, so WWE Studios has been working on like Whoa, hold on. What is this? They've got a bunch of stuff in the works, actually. So this says they have something called Brawl in the Family with the Miz and Maurice that's in pre-production. Walking Tall, a USA Network movie with Charlotte Flair? What? I remember, like, kind of hearing that. They're co-producing with Blumhouse, the United States of America versus Vince McMahon. They're potentially working on a new American Gladiators with MGM. Um, they're working on something. Is this a movie for television? They're working on something on for television with NBC Universal called Pinned. And then the upcoming Montez Ford, Bianca Belair reality show with Hulu. As far as movie stuff does go, they haven't done anything since the animated movie Rumble that they were involved with. That was a Paramount animated movie that saw Becky Lynch and Roman Reigns in it. Very interesting. Very interesting. Also, they're in pre-production of the Vince McMahon Netflix documentary, in pre-production of a Crunchyroll animated series, and in pre-production of a Netflix something series called Contras La... Cor cordas cuerdas. Interesting. Okay. So the WWE films is still a thing. It is still a thing. Well, now it's called WWE Studios. And they're just basically they're not like main producing much, it seems like. But they're working with other production companies, co-producing and whatnot. Cool. 
But yeah, I'm all for a sequel to Fighting With My Family, whether that's Fighting With My Family 2, or if that is uh, a sequel. And, and here's my other question, though. It's a sequel with a different name, but we know it's a sequel. Florence Pugh now too big to do a sequel of Fighting With My Family? Because before, now let's look this up. Now we're going into the weeds really fast. Because before she did Fighting With My Family, what did she even have? And I'm not saying Fighting With My Family launched her career or anything. But it was was the first time I had ever heard of her. So before Fighting With My Family, she did six episodes of a miniseries called The Little Drummer Girl. Um, something called Outlaw King, The Commuter. Yeah, stuff I've never heard of. But then she did Fighting With My Family in, where is it? 2019. And that same year, Midsummer came out, and I feel that is the movie. Midsummer and Little Women, that is what catapulted her career. She did Fighting With My Family, and then Midsummer and Little Women, and that just, just skyrocketed her. Then, when they were going to do a Father of the Bride 2 before Pan... So, she was supposed to be in Father of the Bride 3 that never ended up happening because COVID shut that down. So then they ended up doing like a short thing where they all came together on... This is great. This is great. This is great. I really like that. She was brought in for that. But yeah, they were supposed to do a Father of the Bride 3 with Steve Martin and Kimberly Williams Paisley. And then COVID shut that down and they ended up doing Father of the Bride Part 3 ish if you haven't seen it it's funny it's cool but yeah it also had um Florence Pugh in there as Megan Banks and then we all know Florence Pugh went on to do a bunch of other things Black Widow she was in Hawkeye um Don't Worry Darling which was really good so yeah Florence Pugh Uh, I wouldn't say she's too big to do a sequel I wouldn't say she's too big for a sequel. As we move forward with our news here, we got some WWE news to talk about. The first one has to do with a, it's a quick hit. It's a little tweet that was sent out by WrestleVotes. We're going to pull up on the screen right here. Just talking about, you know, we had the draft coming up, or uh, come a couple of weeks ago, and there was a number of WWE superstars not drafted. And, well, WrestleVotes has a little bit on exactly, you know, who was undrafted and who was now unassigned to rosters. Russell Votes tweeted out. Regarding the roster rankings and Bray Wyatt's name not listed, I was past the internal groupings, names that appears alongside him in the, quote, unassigned category and still listed there include Champa, Truth, Gable Stevenson, and Logan Paul. Bray Wyatt is still on payroll, however. So there we go. Bray Wyatt is still listed on the WWE roster as far as just not being listed on a specific brand. Now, when we talk about specific brands, over the last week or so, Mike Johnson of PW Insider had been putting out different things on like, hey, here's who's listed as a heel and a baby face on the SmackDown side for the women, on the SmackDown side for the men, on the tag team things. And now Johnson has a new one regarding the Raw women's roster, heels and baby faces and so forth. So as far as Baby faces do go on Monday Night Raw. They are Becky Lynch, Liv Morgan, Raquel Rodriguez, Natalia Tegan Knox, K 
Candice LeRae, Indy Hartwell, Dana Brooke. Caden Carter and Katana Chance listed internally as a tag team. These are only individual women. So interesting that Candice and Indy maybe not be listed as tag team. I don't know. Maybe, maybe, maybe not. Now on the heel side of things, we got Ronda Rousey. No, Rhea Ripley at the top. I don't know why I read that as Ronda. Rhea Ripley. Trish Stratus is the number two heel. Piper Niven, Nikki Cross, Zoe Stark, Zia Lee, Emma. Listed as heel female tag teams. Ronda Rousey and Shayna Baszler. Chelsea Green and Sonya Deville. That is how things are flushed out for the women's division regarding Monday Night Raw. So as we move forward, though. Next story we do have has to do with Drew McIntyre. Begin that question so much. What the heck is going on with Drew? Dave Meltzer has a little update here. We're going to read this from F4W Online, written by Joseph Courier. He writes the following. Drew McIntyre's return to WWE television is more of a, quote, creative issue at this point. McIntyre hasn't appeared on WWE programming since WrestleMania 39. He's been out of action with a health injury, health issue slash injury. McIntyre worked through the injury at WrestleMania, taking part in a triple threat match where Gunther defeated McIntyre and Sheamus to retain the Intercontinental title. In the new edition of the Wrestling Observer Newsletter that was published today, Dave Meltzer wrote that McIntyre's return is now basically more of a creative issue than an injury one. Creative issue is in regards to what WWE wants what McIntyre wants, and when they agree to it. Meltzer wrote, quote, At this point, McIntyre's return is basically more a creative issue regarding what they want, what he wants, and when they agree to it. Regarding to the potential of him leaving, the time has been out of action. The time he has been out of action could be used to freeze and extend his contract if WWE so desires. WWE in the past has done that with numerous wrestlers who had expressed wanting to leave. It should be noted that McIntyre, to the best of our knowledge, has not asked to leave, but they have not agreed to a new deal. But there is an obvious spot for him as a heel challenging Rollins. Remember, McIntyre was drafted to Raw. It was confirmed in April that McIntyre's WWE contract is in its last year and the two sides aren't close on a new deal. It is said to possibly be up at the end of this year. McIntyre, as we stated, did change brands from SmackDown to Raw in the draft this year. Hence why some think that maybe turning him heel and having him challenge Seth Rollins is a good move going forward. And maybe they do already know what they're going to do with Drew. Maybe the plans have been set and they just didn't want to bring him back before Night of Champions because here's my idea. If, if you are going to do... because. Everything that we've seen as far as who can challenge Seth for that title, that's if Seth wins the belt, and that's what we're all expecting. So if Seth wins the belt at Night of Champions, he then comes out that next Monday on Raw and goes, I'm here, I'm the champion, I'm, yeah, you know, does his stupid whatever. I think then Drew should come out. Drew should come out, play babyface. Hey, Seth, I'm so happy for you, brother. You know, if I was in this tournament, though, you wouldn't have won that belt. If I was here and not out dealing with what I was dealing with, I would have been the one representing Raw Night at Champions. I would have been the one coming out. This is just me spitballing an idea. He says all this, you know, makes it seem like him and Seth are cool. He's happy for Seth. And then when Seth thinks all is good and Seth's like, yeah, well, uh, I was here. You weren't. 
Now you are. What's that mean? Drew then attacks and turns heel, and there we go. First challenger. Maybe that's the big match for Seth and Money in the Bank. Drew challenging him for the title on July 1st. Just a spitball of an idea. Now, as far as I said, coming up, we have Night of Champions, and we have Money in the Bank, but we did have Backlash a couple of weeks ago that did see Bad Bunny on that show, and Bad Bunny actually spoke about how he was feeling a little banged up and thought he was going to die during that match. Uh, this write-up does come from Ian Carey of FRW Online as they write. Bad Bunny says wrestling Damian Priest at WWE Backlash was painful, but also one of the best moments of his life. Apple Music released an interview with the world-famous recording artist on Friday. During the discussion, Bad Bunny noted that his, quote, whole body hurt after the match. Bunny stated, I said before the WrestleMania fight, that day was one of my favorite moments of my life. The backlash fight in Puerto Rico was another level. It was really one of the biggest and best moments of my life. I really enjoyed the fight. My back, my whole body, bro, my whole body hurt. I feel that I was going to, I felt that I was going to die after the match. I was really scared about it. I was, oh no, I'm going to die. I really thought that I was going to die after that much, but it's part of it. I was prepared and now I'm going to drop a song. So yeah, there we go. Bad Bunny said that, you know, that match took a lot out of him. So, yeah, we've seen it in the past where people have big, brutal matches like that and say, yeah, they're hurting afterwards, but it was all, all for good and all worth it. Now, that was a backlash. NXT coming up next week, not this weekend, but next week, does have a battleground. But then what's after that? We've heard that maybe a show in September, and Dave Meltzer wrote in this week's Wrestling Observer Newsletter that two NXT specials could be coming this summer. According to Dave Meltzer in the latest Wrestling Observer Newsletter, Dave provided an update on the NXT schedule for this summer. Meltzer reported that the next NXT special event after Battleground are expected to be taking place on Tuesday, July 4th, and Saturday, August 12th. The July 4th event is slated to be NXT Great American Bash, a special edition of NXT television on the USA Network. The August 12th show would be a streaming special on Peacock. It's unclear exactly what the second show would be, but Meltzer did write, quote, After 528, the next NXT major shows are expected to be a Great American Bash special on 7-4, which would be a Tuesday show, a Tuesday TV show, and 8-12 Saturday night Peacock special. Neither is official, as the NXT Big Show calendar, according to those in WWE, lists no big events after 528 as being official, but both have been talked about. July 4th is generally the hardest day of the year, for the possible ex- with the possible exception of Christmas Eve, to draw on television. So, the choices are to do a normal show, and throw in the towel, or do something special. Wrestling does have a history of special holiday shows doing well, but there's a difference between a live event and a television show on nights people want to go out. So there we go. July 4th could be a special event on P- on, on USA Network, and then we get a Peacock pay-per-view on Saturday, August 12th. I know Mike Johnson also mentioned the August 12th date as well saying that it's something being talked about, but as Meltzer also noted, both him and Johnson have stated it's not 
locked in yet. Now, speaking of specials and shows and events, Roman Reigns got announced for a live event. And well, when he did so, tickets took off. Roman is a ticket draw. Earlier this week, it was announced that the undisputed WWE Universal Heavyweight Champion Roman Reigns will be working Saturday night or would be in action on Saturday in Fayetteville, North Carolina for a house show where the arena promoted that it would be Reigns' first wrestling, first time wrestling in the city in more than four years. WWE even took out radio advertisement for a few days in the market, billing the show all around Roman Reigns. However, on Wednesday, WWE issued a statement noting that Reigns won't be appearing and the ticket holders would be refunded if fans want them want them until 7.30 p.m. the day of the show. WWE cited that the promotional team got an old set of Reigns dates before they were changed. After Reigns signed a new big money deal, um, he started to work less and less house shows. Yet, in the latest edition of the Wrestling Observer Newsletter, Dave Meltzer actually reported that once Reigns was, re- uh, was advertised for the show, WWE ended up selling 300 are 3,816 more tickets just on Reigns alone. At the time that they announced Reigns was now off the show, the show had 4,521 tickets sold. So there we go. There was only like a 1,000-some tickets sold. They had Roman. They sold over almost 4,000 more tickets. And then, yeah, that really stinks. Really stinks for WWE. That now... There's potential that they have to give back and refund a bunch of those tickets. But it also it also shows that Roman is a draw. That Roman is someone that people want to see. That when you say Roman's going to work this live event, Roman's going to be on this house show, Roman's going to be here, ticket sales go up. Some have questioned if that was the case with Roman, and this right here just proves it. It just proves it. Now, Roman doesn't work a lot of house shows. Somebody else that doesn't work a lot of house shows is Ronda Rousey. We saw Ronda Rousey return to television this week when her and um, Shayna Baszler attacked Raquel Rodriguez. And, well, it looks like Ronda could be taking some time off, though. Uh, WWE announced on Raw that the Women's Tag Team Championship match between Liv Morgan and Raquel Rodriguez was scrapped due to Liv Morgan being injured. That then led to Raquel Rodriguez against Sonya Deville. Rodriguez retained or won the match only to be attacked afterwards by Ronda Rousey and Shayna Baszler. Yet, in the latest edition of the Wrestling Observer Newsletter, Dave Meltzer reported that the situation with the tag team titles depends really on the severity of Morgan's injury and what's going on with Rousey and Baszler. Are they winning? Are they not? Meltzer wrote, The timing of this is an issue because Rousey is planning on taking time off at a certain time frame, which was prior to WrestleMania, and the story was to end well before that. If that is the case, if Liv Morgan can get cleared and come back beforehand, then they may have to rush whatever story this is going to be. So there we go. Ronda's looking to take some time off soon, but now Liv's out injured, so they can't really do the match and this and that, and there we go. So we'll have to just play it by ear and see what happens with that as far as the women's tag division does go. And the last thing we have to do about WWE is kind of an update from a story we had earlier this week that, well, Seth Rollins 
is going to be in a Marvel movie. Seth Rollins has been on set this week filming the new Captain America New World Order movie. Now, as we saw on this week's Monday Night Raw, Seth Rollins has been not at the show. They did a backstage pre-taped sit-down interview with Seth Rollins and Corey Graves and stated that more of this interview will air next week. That then led us to assuming that that meant Seth was not going to be at Raw next week because he's filming, and Dave Meltzer confirmed that, that Seth Rollins will not be at next week's Monday Night Raw because he will still be filming for the upcoming Captain America New World Order movie. Hence why they have had more, I guess you could say, of this sit-down interview set for next week. Which, this is great for Seth. We all asked how involved Seth is going to be in this movie. How big is Seth's role? How significant is Seth's character? And if Seth needs to be on set for multiple weeks, that means that he's going to be probably in a good portion of this movie. A good amount of this movie. Or at least his character is going to be around a lot. So that's really cool to see. Because if he was just in a couple of scenes, they can knock those out in a couple of days and he gets back on the road with WWE. But if they need him for multiple weeks... Kudos to Seth for getting such a big role in the movie. So as we move on forward, we're going to talk about some New Japan because as we all know, right now, is the best of the Super Juniors. They've gone six nights so far, and we have updates from nights four, five, and six, as well as the updated brackets, or updated, not brackets, but the updated standings as far as who is leading which block. Remember, we do these updates every Monday and Friday, Last Friday, we gave you night one. Last Monday, we gave you nights two and three. And now we're talking four, five, and six. On night four in the A block, Leo Rush defeated Taiji Ishimori. In the B block, Master Wato defeated Yoshinobu Kanemaru. In the A block, Hiromu Takahashi defeated Sho. In the B block, El Desperado defeated Kevin Knight. In the A block, Kushida defeated Speedball Mike Bailey. In the B block, Francisco Akira defeated Dan Maloney. In the A block, DJP defeated Doki. In the B block, Robbie Eagles defeated Bushi. In the A block, Teton defeated Ryusuke Taguchi. And in the B block on night five, Yo defeated Clark Connors. Or on night four. Night five, in the B block, Yo defeated El Desperado. In the A block, Taiji Ishimori defeated Kushida. In the B block, Dan Maloney defeated Master Wato. In the A block, Mike Bailey defeated Teton. In the B block, Robbie Eagles defeated Yoshinobu Kanemaru. In the A block, Doki defeated Leo Rush. In the B block, Clark Connors defeated Francisco Akira. In the A block, TJP defeated Sho. In the B block, Kevin Knight defeated Bushi. And in the A block, Hiromu Takahashi defeated Ryusuke Taguchi. And so far, we've got up to night six. Night six, in the B block, Master Wado defeated Robbie Eagles. In the A block, Hiromu Takahashi defeated Kushida via countout. Which, correct me if I'm wrong, that should be one point, not two. In the B block, Yo defeated Francisco Akira. In the A block, Teton defeated Leo Rush. In the B block, El Desperado defeated Clark Connors. And in the A block, Sho defeated Taiji Ishimori. In the B block, Kevin Knight defeated Dan Maloney. In the A block, DJP defeated Ryusuke, Ryusuke, Ryusuke Taguchi. I always fuck up his first name. In the B block, Bushi defeated Yoshinobu Kanemaru. And in the A block, rounding it out, Mike Bailey, old speedball, defeated Doki. Now, as far as the updated standings do go, in the A block, at the top, at a 5-1 record with 10 points, Speedball Mike Bailey. We then have at a 4-2 record with 8 points, Leo Rush, Taiji Ishimori, Teton, Hiromu Takahashi, and TJP. 
with a four and no, with a two and four record and four points, Doki and Show, with a one and five record, Kushida, and with a zero oh and six record, no wins, no points, Ryusuke Taguchi. As we look over at the B block, there's a four-way tie at the top with a four and two record and eight points. It's Robbie Eagles, El Desperado, Yo, and Master Watto. We then have with six points, a three and three record, Francisco Akira, Clark Connors, and Kevin Knight. With a two and four record and four points, it's Yoshinobu Kanemaru and Dan Maloney. And then with a one and five record and two points, we've got Bushi. Right now, if things were to end right now, Mike Bailey would win the A block. He's got one more win than Leo Rush, who's been killing it. I haven't seen a lot of the matches, but I know Leo Rush has been doing really good, and people tell me Mike Bailey's been great as well. Now, as far as the B block does go, though, one, two, three, there's, there's a four-way tie. So we got to figure out who there actually gets the win. And finally, speaking of tournaments... Rocket Cup has been announced. Brackets are set. Now it's time to look at who will be in this tournament. So as I pull this up on the screen, trying to get the brackets here for some reason, I had the brackets. I had an image, and now it's not wanting to load. So give me one quick second, guys. I had a bracket, and now I don't have the bracket. Um... Give me one moment. I think we just have to read this instead of brackets. Yeah, we'll just read this then. So in a YouTube video posted by the NWA, Kyle Davis announced the seedings for the tag teams in the upcoming Crockett Cup tournament. NWA also released full brackets. The brackets for the Crockett Cup are as followed. Uh, number 16, Fodder and Flip Gordon will be taking on number 17, Sent to Slaughter, Dan Maff and Sean Donovan. The winners will face number one, La Rebellion, Bestia666, and Mecha Wolf. Um, team number, uh, seed number nine, Scion and Jordan Clearwater with Austin Idol will be taking on number 24, Last Chance, uh, with a Last Chance spot, winner of a triple threat tag team match. The winners will then face number eight team, Blum for, Blunt Force Trauma, Dan, Damage and Carnage with Aaron Stevens in the next round. Number 13, SVGS, Jax Dane and Bulletproof Troop with Chris Silvio. We'll be taking on number 20 team, TNT, Terrell, and Terrence Hughes. The winners will face number four team, Octagon Jr. and Mississippi's Jr. Number 12 team, The Fixers. Wrecking Ball, Ligurski, and Jay Bradley will be taking on number 20, 21 team, Yobo the Clown and Rufo the Clown. Winners will face number 5 team, a cut above Tom Lattimore, uh, uh, Tom Lattimore and Rhett Titus. Number 15 team, Max the Impaler and Judas with Father uh, James Mitchell will take on number 18 team, the now Hale Collins and Vic, uh, Vic Dalicious. Delicious. The winners will take on the number two team of Tyrus and Chris Adonis. The number 10 team, Kratos and Obsidian, will be taking on the number 23 team, Magic, Jake Dumas, and Brian Brock. The winners will, the winners will take on team number seven, the Country Gentleman, AJ Kazana, 
and Anthony Andrews. Number 14 team, Magnum Muscle. Dax Draper and Mimis will be taking on the number 19 team, the Spectaculars. Brady Pierce and Arush Freeman. They will take on the number four team in the next round of Trevor Murdoch and Mike Knox. And finally, the number 11 team, Toxin and Ariz, will be taking on the number, 20, number 22 team of the Heat Seekers, Elliot Russell and Sigmund. The winners will face the number six team of the Mortons, Ricky and Kerry Morton. Also, as far as that last chance team does go, there's going to be a triple threat. We're going to see Daisy Kill and Talus, Misery Faithful, and Jeremiah Plunkett and Eric Jackson. All this does take place on June 3rd and 4th. So there we go. That's the rundown of the brackets for the upcoming Crockett Cup. With that, guys, that is going to wrap everything up here. That's all we got for the wrestling wrap-up. Remember, tonight is Friday Night SmackDown. So let's tell you everything you can expect tonight on SmackDown as far as what WWE so far has on their website. So let's pull that up on the screen right here. WWE is advertising one, two, three, four, five things. First off, we do know that there will be a face-to-face -face with Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn and the Bloodlines Roman Reigns and Solo Sokoa. In tag team action, speaking of the Bloodline, the Usos will be taking on the LWO's Rey Mysterio and Santos Escobar. We also do know that the Brawling Brutes, Butch and Rich Holland, will be taking on Pretty Deadly. We also know that there will be a, I guess you could say, premiere, a SmackDown premiere of the Grayson Waller effect with AJ Styles, one of the men that will be fighting for the World Championship at Night of Champions. And finally, we do know that the team of LA Knight and Rick Boogs will be taking on the Street Profits. So that is everything that has been revealed and announced and set for tonight's Friday Night SmackDown. With that, guys, we will be back here live tonight following Friday Night SmackDown. But I want to say thank you, whether you're watching live or watching later, whether that's live on Twitch, twitch.tv forward slash PWUnlimited, live or later on YouTube, youtube.com forward slash Pro Wrestling Unlimited, or later on podcast, listening on podcast services all around the globe like Stitcher, Spotify, Google Pod, Apple Pod, Anchor, iHeartRadio, and so much more. So with that, guys, have a great rest of your Friday. We'll see you back here tonight for SmackDown. Have a good one, guys. See you next time.